Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Uh, My brother can confirm this, but if there is one thing that I am really good at, it is holding a grudge. Growing up, mainly, when we were in middle school, if we got into a fight, he was so much better at forgiving me quickly so that we could move on and get back to our game. But not me. It would take hours, maybe days if I was in a really good mood, before I was ready to forgive him. And even then, I wouldn't really be over whatever it was we had been fighting about. I usually only got over the fight because I had a harder time with not talking than I did with being mad about something that had happened. I rarely moved on from a fight we were having because I felt sorry for Lee or because I wanted to make things better. It usually was for my own benefit. I wanted somebody to play with and he was there so I might as well forgive him. Rarely did I own up to what I had done wrong, though I rarely did anything wrong. Um, For a while, forgiveness for me usually only happened when there was something that I could gain from it. But this morning, we will hear a story about someone who was much better at forgiving than I was. This is a story you may have heard before, and we often hear this passage described as the prodigal son. But today, I invite you all to think of it from the perspective of his father, because, spoiler alert, he is a champion at forgiving. Hear now as I read Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. Jesus said, A certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon afterward, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I am starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. 
I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. God, you know everything about us and still love us. Thank you for welcoming us home again and again. Amen. Before we jump into our text for this morning, it's important we paint the scene a little bit. Jesus is telling this parable to tax collectors, sinners, and Pharisees who are mad at Jesus for talking to tax collectors and sinners. AKA, there is drama as this story is being told to match the drama that is happening within the story. Stories inside of stories, they are my favorite things. So we have this son who decides to get his share of the inheritance, leave town, and go live what he believes will be his best life. Right away, the first red flag that we see is that in this time, a son asking for his inheritance is basically saying, hey dad, let's pretend you're dead so I don't have to wait on you to die to get my money. Also, I don't like our culture, so I'm leaving our family for something I think is better. I know, it's a lot to unpack. This son is super annoying. Then, his dad, instead of doing what would have been totally warranted for the time and saying, no way, son, you're staying right here. Also, it's my money, says, here you go. Now, if we were people listening to Jesus tell this story, I imagine the first gasp we would have had would be when the son says he's leaving, and then the second when the dad just agrees to let him go. He doesn't try to stop him. He doesn't show his authority. He just lets him go. So off the son goes, he spends all his money and then has to take a job from a Gentile, which would have been considered humiliating enough, but to top it all off, he has to work with pigs, which are considered to be unclean by the Jewish community. So not only has this guy just hit rock bottom, he found out it has a basement. This son has a lot going on. He insulted his dad. He embarrassed his family. He spent all his money. Then he made it worse by making himself unclean based on the work that he had to get. As far as respect goes, he has lost it all. As he is working in the smelliest of conditions around pigs, he suddenly decides that any life where he grew up would be better than this, even if that means being ignored by his family 
and never made to feel that he is part of his community again. After all, that's exactly what he wanted not so long ago, but he heads back home. It is here in our story that my favorite character comes into play once again. This dad is not like any other dad at that time. We already know he let his son leave without fighting or trying to stop him, but something even greater than that happens as his son walks back down their driveway. This father, the man who could easily disown his son for all that he has done, not only acknowledges his son's existence, but he runs to him. He was waiting for him to come home. Behavior like this, in a community like this, at a time like this, would have been unheard of. But aren't the best stories the ones that surprise us and remind us how beautiful life can be? Just when we think we know what someone is going to do, they surprise us by making a decision we never would have considered. When this happens, I always wonder just what it was that makes a character in a story do this. Who was this man before he became a father? What was his life like growing up? Was he a well-behaved son who always did what he was told? And if so, was he happy about that? Or did he sometimes get mad at his parents for how he had to live? Did his parents let him do what he wanted? Or were they strict? Was he shown love? Unfortunately, we will never know this father's history or how he ended up with his approach to life. But what a gift it was to his son that his heart was filled with so much grace. Because what is so crazy about this father is that at this time, to have given your son a share of the inheritance meant giving him a share of the land. And during that time, Jewish families tried to never sell their land because they considered the land to be God's gift to them. But perhaps... This father decided that it wasn't land or money or status that God wanted them to see as a gift, but family itself. This father understood the actual meaning of love and grace. When I was being a bit more difficult than my brother, refusing to forgive him, holding a grudge, my parents continued to show me love. They reminded me what it looks like to forgive others, even when there is nothing that we can gain from it. They reminded me of the importance of family, which is the case for our prodigal son as well. As he begins saying what he has been rehearsing, how he is sorry, what he is willing to do, how he understands that he will never again be part of this family in the same way his dad interrupts him and immediately has a robe and a ring and sandals brought out for him. He talks of a feast that they will have, saying his son is alive. 
imagine walking back from one of the worst mistakes of your life and instead of being shown hostility or hatred, being given nothing but love and grace. That is astounding. But I think even more than being shown it is asking ourselves, how often do I give it? I can't imagine what it must have been like to be that father, to recognize that what his son needed most in that moment was grace and not judgment. This father has been given every single reason not to trust his son again, yet instead of doing what the Pharisees would have not only deemed justifiable, but warranted, he does the opposite. He gives his son a feast unimaginable. We don't know what this father's story is. We are given no clues as to what his past looked like. We are only shown who he chooses to be in that moment. This is a story that would not have made any sense to the people who are listening to it then, or even to us now, if it weren't for the fact that Jesus is the one who is telling it. Jesus has had his actions questioned by the Pharisees who could not comprehend how he could be okay with spending so much time with tax collectors and sinners. They have spent so much time trying to uphold the law that they have forgotten the importance of humanity, the importance of loving your neighbor. The prodigal son's dad knew that in that moment, his son didn't need to get in trouble or to be shunned, but to be welcomed, to be loved. And that is what the Pharisees are being shown as well. Jesus lives his life offering love and grace to everyone, especially those who we may think do not deserve it. It would have been so much easier and more understandable for Jesus to have told a story about a child who messed up or a parent who missed the mark or a friend who disappointed him and end it with why they were written out of our lives and use them as an example of how not to live. Luckily, However, Jesus's ability to redeem the lost will always be greater than any way that we can fail. And being lost doesn't just mean we have abandoned our families like this son did. It can be ways in which we are lost to ourselves. All the times we tell ourselves that we are not good enough, that we do not measure up, that what those have decided is successful isn't who we are. Maybe we have begun to believe that we are not worthy of being loved, that it is too obvious just how much we have missed the mark. In those moments, we need to remember that Jesus is running to us saying, welcome home, come and enjoy this feast I have prepared just for you because you are loved, you are worthy. And maybe our struggles aren't in how we view ourselves. 
Perhaps for some of us, we have forgotten the importance of helping others as we strive to be and do better. Maybe we work so hard to climb the corporate ladder, we forget to turn around and help those who are coming after us. Or perhaps we have forgotten how it is we are called to love our neighbor. It can be so easy to experience compassion fatigue as we constantly see all the ways that people are suffering in our midst that we fail to help any of them. We may not always have food or money or clothes to give, but so often we need to remember that we are called to show grace, just as God has shown it to us. Luckily, as I got older, my understanding of forgiveness changed, and I realized just how much I needed my brother's forgiveness when he asked for mine. The concept of grace began to take root in my heart, and instead of just forgiving him so that I had someone else to talk to, I wanted him to forgive me so that our friendship wouldn't suffer. What a weight off of our shoulders it was when we learned how to get along in the ways our parents never thought possible. We are in the season of Lent, and during this time, we are challenged with reflecting and deepening our relationship with God. Hopefully, as our relationships with God deepen, so will the love that we have for our neighbors. Perhaps it is during this time that we can own up to all the times we acted selfishly, choosing to put ourselves first instead of acting like who we were called to be. Maybe this is an opportunity for us to see ourselves in the words and actions of the prodigal son, realizing just how much we need God to welcome us back in and offer us love and grace. And boy, do I have some good news for you. Just like this son was welcomed back by his father, God will always welcome us. No matter how far we may think we have fallen, there is nothing that can separate us from God's love and God's grace. Friends, that is the best news of all, knowing that regardless of what we have said or where we have been, we are God's beloved. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings. Blessings.